eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Go247 podcast. I'm Glenn West, senior writer here with the site. Um, really nice to be doing one of these after an LSU-SEC win. Uh, Dylan and I were in the building yesterday in, in Tiger Stadium for LSU's really just electric come-from-behind win over Mississippi State, first SEC win of the Brian Kelly era. Uh, Dylan, how's it going, man? It's going great. I did not expect to be doing this after an LSU win to be completely honest. And especially after the first half, I was like, Oh, all right, well, it's going to be, it's going to be this. And then it wasn't, they had, uh, they came out with great adjustments. I think co- the coaches in two of the three phases looked really good. Um, and it was, uh, you know, good adjustments again. Uh, it, it seems like this is going to be a second half team. Uh, at least that's where it's trending. Um, I know they want to get better off the off the jump of games, but uh, sometimes you can't really control that. Um, but yeah, I, I feel I feel good right now. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll touch on all of it, of course. But um, you know, just before we get started, make sure you guys are leaving a like here on the YouTube uh, page, uh, like the video, make sure you're subscribing to all where you get your podcasts from, and. Uh, that just gives us a big boost and helps us out a lot. So uh, any kind of support in that regard, we'll, we'll, we'll gla- gladly take. But, um, you know, just kind of getting into the game here a little bit, just a quick little recap. LSU uh, gets, you know, like Dylan said, starts slow, 13 nothing. They're down in this, for most of the first half, you know, by, by one or two scores. Um, and then they absolutely just start pounding it on there at the end of the second, at the end of the second quarter. Uh, LSU goes on a nice little two-minute drive there from you know Jaden Daniels in the offense, and uh, from there it was an absolute slaughter. Uh, LSU outscores Mississippi State thirty-one to three over the final thirty-three minutes and change. Um, just a a really dominant performance on both sides of the ball, and we'll certainly touch on all of it. And uh, but you know I think probably just to start you know defensively, I think that's kind of where we have to start with this game. Um, 
we came in with a lot of questions defensively, and it all started with the secondary and how those guys would hold up. Um, you know, just initial takeaways defensively. Um, that I mean, that is one of the top defensive performances we've seen from LSU in quite a while. I mean, that was to hold a Mississippi State team, which don't get it twisted. L- Mississippi State came into this game, um, you know, with one of the more electric offenses in the SEC. Um, I think it's probably going to be one of the best offenses LSU faces all season. And they held them to under 300 yards. Um, you know, I think they threw 45 or 46 times. And Will Rogers, uh, you know, had just 214 yards, you know, through the air. And I think that is a really good signifier here of how LSU was able to defend downfield. And what it really allowed them to do um, was was apply pressure. And I thought Matt Howes dialed up the pressures absolutely magnificently throughout this game. Um, you had, you know, defensive ends and, and, and linebackers and secondary, you know, defensive backs, all those guys were contributing, um, you know, to, to, to really get after Will Rogers to make it a little bit more of a, a you know, a quick decision kind of game for him. Um, and I thought all those guys, all three levels of the defense played and executed the game plan perfectly. It was something that Brian Kelly told, talked about after the game, just how proud he was of that defense and how, you know, they, they really, you know, earn that trust throughout the game. I don't think LSU goes for that fourth down, um, you know, in, late in the game or when they're – I think they were down by one score at that point. It was a fourth and three or a fourth and four. Um, and they go for it right around midfield and they don't capitalize. But the defense holds, you know, on the next possession. And I think that just shows a lot of trust that LSU has in this defense right now. But um, just, Dylan, what were some of your overall takeaways from this uh, defensively? What, what did you think of this unit? Um, Jay Ward game ball, uh, looked very, very good. Um, the young guys stepped up. It's going to, going to be hard to keep Harold Perkins off the field. Um, dude's electric. Savion Jones even, uh, had some really good flashes. That was nice to see. Um, and again, we are not really seeing the loss of, Mason Smith be as impactful that as some people would have thought. Um, Makai Wingo has done a great job of coming in and stepping up and they even um, moved uh, Ali Gay inside a little bit. They're kind of using Ali Gay as they would have used Mason Smith in both of an interior and an edge role. And that works because you're having, you're seeing some pass rushers step up that m- have made a little bit more of an impact than Ali Gay so far in Harold Perkins, in Savion Jones, even Desmond Little, whenever he has played this season, has looked pretty good. Um, so, yeah, that's – my main takeaway is is the uh, is some people stepping up. But also, um, it's really crazy how going into fall camp – the the easily the number one concern on everybody's list was the cornerbacks and it looks like the most solid group on the team. Yeah. No, I, I agree completely. I think the cornerbacks have held up really well these first three weeks. We always kind of I think pointed out even before the season how this game was going to be the test uh for that group mm-hmm. that we really just didn't know uh what was going to happen with uh I thought Makai Garner was extremely physical um, you know, there was a lot of talk about whether Makai Garner would be able to hold up with some of these speedier SEC receivers, but I think his physicality 
has mm-hmm. really shown here early in the season, and he's been really, really consistent for LSU. Same same thing you can say with Jarek Bernard Converse. Um, I thought he looked really, really good. Um, and then, you know, the, the big move that they made really after the Florida State game was switching Greg Brooks and, and Jay Ward. You know, they put Greg Brooks back at safety in a more – uh, you know, veteran veteran presence or veteran role for him. It's something he's experienced. And they moved Jay Ward back up to that nickel, you know, corner spot, and that allows him to play closer to the line of scrimmage, um, allows him to make some of those more physical plays, um, you know, in, in that short area offense and, uh, you know, against the short area offense. And I thought he looked like as good as you could possibly hope, you know, in terms of, of what you can get out of that position. I mean, he had 11 tackles. Had the game, uh, you know, game ceiling interception. He had a tackle for loss. Um, just was flying all over the place. And you, I mean, really in the first half, I mean, he set the tone. I thought early in the first half with his play, mm-hmm. with his physical, uh, physical phys- physicality against Mississippi State, just looked really, really good. And yeah, you, know, you mentioned Harold Perkins. I, you know, I'm right there with you. I think the way that they were able to dial up pressures with him. Uh, in particular, you know, was was really, really telling and how much they want to use him moving forward. Um, he's going to be hard to keep off the field. And I think Micah Baskerville is, too. I mean, Baskerville, we kind of heard, is going to have a little bit of an expanded role this last weekend. Um, I thought he did uh, a really great job. Yeah, I think he had eight tackles. You think he was second on the team in tackles last night. Um, you know, really just, just being that veteran presence that LSU needs at that spot. And so – um, really just a master class of a performance defensively, I thought, throughout the entire game. Um, uh, I want to give a shout-out to B.J. Ozzolari real quick because he also had uh, – he was dominant all night, uh, even whenever he – even whenever something didn't get added to the stat sheet, um, he was pressuring Will Rogers. He, he dominated that offensive line. No, absolutely. He was getting a, a lot of great pressure, and it was really – really consistent throughout the entire night. And I thought set the edge uh, extremely well. You know, they had a couple of busted runs get to the outside on them, uh, particularly early on in the game, which set up the both of their touchdowns. But um, just they they, they really, uh, I, I thought, you know, just looking at this thing as a whole, I mean, if you can get that kind of consistency from this unit um, moving forward this season, you're going to be in a lot of games. Like, I, mm-hmm. I just kept waiting for the dam to fall because LSU's offense was going out, you know, and getting a lot of three and outs, a lot of three, four play drives in that first half. And I thought, man, this this defense is just not going to be able to hold up at this rate. But every time I thought they might, you know, start to to bend a little bit, they they came up with a, with a big stop. I mean, the, the the fumble, you know, the forced fumble there in the first half. They had a, the, the the key interception there at the end of the game. Um, they came uh, the fourth down stops. They had a couple of really great fourth down stops in this one. Uh, so I think that really woke them up too, because yeah. Mike Leach overly analytical was <laughs> testing them within their own 30 on fourth down twice in the first 16 minutes of the game. Like they, 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 he challenged that defense and the defense answered and, and stopped them. And unfortunately the offense couldn't really capitalize for most of the game. But, I mean, the defense had their imprint from the first snap. Um, and outside of, I'd say, two really big plays, those two big runs, they were absolutely dominant. Yeah, I mean, all you got to do is look at the numbers. I mean, they were Mississippi State was 3-14 on third down, and they were 1-4 of four on fourth down. So LSU was able to get off the field 
um, you know, get the offense back out, you know, for, for extended possessions. And uh, I just thought, you know, defensively, that's where you have to start with this game. And I thought those guys played absolutely fantastic. But, um, you know, I guess we can move on to the to the offense. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on defensively or was that um, do you think we kind of covered it all? Yeah, I think I think we kind of touched on most of it. Um, yeah, just just Matt House really pulling out his his Louis Duffy and breaking down. Yeah, great game. Uh, I I like what they're doing with Sage Ryan. Uh, still trying to get him involved. He was he was rushing the passer a lot. Like they have some dynamic playmakers, and I like that they are putting them in the best roles that they have to succeed and not pigeonholing anybody. There's a lot of movement and a lot of, you know, all right, let's try. Let's see. Let's see how you do in this role. Um, And I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. I like how they're, um, they're, they're switching up the defensive calls a lot. Like I, I, we kind of came into this game or kind of came into these last couple games wondering what the defensive scheme might look like without Mason Smith in it. And I think they've um, really thrown a bunch of wrinkles into what they're, they were initially planning to do. I think they've, they've hit, you know, home runs on a lot of it. I think, you know, the, the Harold Perkins really kind of breaking out here in this one really gives them another athlete that they can stick on the field. Um, whether it's, you know, a guy you want to bring off the edge, somebody that you can bring up the middle. I mean, they were bringing him from really all angles um, on, on Saturday night against the Bulldogs. And I thought, you know, he, he's only going to ascend from here. Like this was just the, the beginning, I think, for Harold Perkins. And he's going to be a huge part of what they do defensively. Um, same with Jay Ward, same with Ojalary, with Ali Gay, with Wingo. Uh, you know, we didn't mention Jacqueline Roy, but he was getting some really nice um, you know, pressure up the middle as well throughout the game. Just a, just really an all-around great performance, I think, defensively, and just really what you needed against this uh, Bulldogs offense that came in pretty, pretty highly touted and pretty, you know, you know, had a had a lot of momentum kind of coming into this one. So yeah, yeah, yep. All right, all right. Well, we'll move on to the offensive stuff. Um, I mean, not much to talk about for most of the first half. I think we were all pretty, um, you know, disappointed and and really kind of, you know, looking looking around at each other in the in the press box of just what uh, this offense looked like for the first, you know, 27, 28 minutes, and then uh, LSU gets into the two minute drill, and it's like the whole world opens up. I mean, they they were. They were fantastic, and I think you have to start with Jaden Daniels. Um, LSU's quarterback was absolutely fantastic, really, from that two-minute warning or a two-minute kind of area on for LSU. Uh, in that in that second quarter on, he was fantastic. He um, just just really controlled everything. He started it with his legs, ran for 93 yards and a touchdown. Uh, in the second half, he delivered some really great throws, throws goes for over 200 yards again with another touchdown um, grit, you know, I think that's kind of the word that comes to mind when you look at Jaden Daniels, he's not going to be phased by much, you know, it doesn't matter how many times uh, he might get knocked down. He gets back up. And I thought he did some really, really nice things in the second half. Um, just w- w- what, do you, what would you say, I guess, about Jaden's performance last night? Cause I know you've been a big Daniels guy uh, pretty much the entire off season. Yeah. I think it was still probably, his worst game of the season um, had some really rough moments. Um, 
he kind of looks like it, it was kind of looking like again he was regressing back to the uh the last year version of him like he he took a while to settle into the into the game the first half was pretty bad uh he still missed some throws uh missed some open receivers um but yeah. again once they anytime I, I just I'm waiting on Denbrock to notice Anytime they go to tempo, the t- the offense looks really good. Mm-hmm. If they're moving as if they're moving fast, um, and, and teams show it, you can do it pretty much all game. Like Tennessee runs super fast. Like th- they have a super fast offense. Like LSU needs to fully incorporate the tempo and just go to it because that's where Jaden seems to thrive, um, and the play calling has to reflect that. Um, yeah. It, it, it seems like this team is not going to be one for um, the craziest, most uh, developing routes, uh, not because the players can't uh, run them because the receivers are very, 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 very talented, but that's just not, it, it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to develop that, develop that with this super young offensive line. Um, they just don't have the time. And, that was the thing with this game is even whenever they did have the time, uh, it, you know, Jaden wasn't getting the ball off in time. Um, so it, it looks like it's, it's going to have to be a little bit more tempo uh, based yep. because that's whenever, that's whenever they're in their bag. And it's, it, it was, uh, it was good to see uh, Jaden develop a rhythm, a rhythm with Malik neighbors uh, yep. and, and get him into the offense just as much. Kayshawn did have eight targets, um, only three catches on the day. Um, but it's seeming like neighbors is benefiting heavily from the defenses heavily focusing in on Kayshawn. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll touch on a, a few of those things that you mentioned there. I thought, you know, Jaden really came out. And, and was missing a lot of throws. Like, there's a difference, I think, between playing up-tempo. Like, I thought LSU was playing pretty fast early in the game. That was mm-hmm. something that I think was pretty evident. You know, they were getting to their next play pretty quickly. But there's a difference between playing up-tempo and, and making quick reads and quick decisions. And I think the fact mm-hmm. what you saw early in that game was Daniels and the offense moving fast but not processing fast and not maybe getting – you know, to the to their quick reads early enough. And he missed a couple throws. He missed a couple guys that were wide open in that first half. I mean, there was one play that I just I, – I looked at you and I said, man, Mason Taylor had pretty much just an open field. If, if Daniels had seen him in that first half, there was one play uh, there where Mason Taylor had just a wide open field in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just, just missed him. He wasn't looking that way. And, you know, I think kind of that's the biggest thing that we need to see grow from Jaden, I think, throughout this year is just his – his processing downfield has got to be a little bit quicker. Um, but when they got into that kind of more up-tempo, quick decision-making in the second half, he was flawless. Like, he was hitting his guys, and they were getting the playmakers the ball uh, early in the plays, and they were letting them go make them. They were letting them go make the plays um, after the catch, and I thought that was just a really you know, smart move. I mean, they had, to, they had to make those adjustments there. They saw what was happening in the first half. They weren't. Uh, getting much consistency, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, getting the ball downfield. And um, they had to go to that quick decision-making processes. And I thought that they did a really nice job uh, in the second half. Daniels was was much more comfortable in that kind of offensive rhythm. 
Um, and they and they really feasted on Mississippi State for much of that second half. And you mentioned Malik Neighbors. I mean, that was the Neighbors that we saw all fall camp. I mean, like he was mm-hmm. absolutely their most consistent receiver um, throughout the fall camp. And I, and I thought he that connection that they they showed there in the fourth quarter in particular um, was really really important for for moving forward with this offense because you're right they are keying in on Kayshawn like teams are going after him and making it very difficult for him to get, you know, his normal, you know, routine workload. I mean, you mentioned the eight targets. LSU's going after him. It's not like they're not looking for him, but they are, I think the fact that you can now have another receiver that you can rely on, um, you know, neighbors had seven targets and he caught six of those balls. So if you have another receiver that you can rely on um, outside of Boutte or Booty, I should say, uh, so still that that's a mental block in my mind that I got to get through but um, if you can have another receiver like that then I think it can take some pressure off Kayshawn and you can get him more involved if you have another reliable receiver like neighbors uh, on the other side catching six of his seven targets hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, and overall, um, I would say that... um, the running game still not the greatest, um, but I did like the flashes that I saw from John Emery and given time to mesh into the offense, seeing as though he hasn't played in like 600 days. Um, I think that I, I liked the the glimpses that we saw of the old John Emery. Um, so give him a couple games and I think that he'll be able to start making some plays and a, a real confidence-building run by Armani Goodwin there at the end of the yeah. game because he yeah. he really looked really, really good. And I like what I see from Josh Williams. Um, he's not your like flashy back, but he he does the pass protection. He uh, he can catch the ball. He can He had four receptions I think today. They went to him in pretty clutch spots uh, for a former walk on. So that just kind of shows you how they feel about him. And Noah Kane, I don't know what happened. He just was not used at all this game. Yeah, we'll figure that out. I mean, I think that's probably going to be one of the first questions for for Kelly on on Monday. Um, is what you know what kind of went into the, the you know the the, the touches. You know, I kind of went in thinking that you probably want to get John Emery anywhere between five and 10 touches and just looking, um, you know, a lot at the red zone. I thought that was going to be kind of the move, um, but they, they went to him a lot. I mean, he had 13 touches in this game. Um, you know, they really tried to get him involved early in the first half. It just didn't really work out all that much, but as they kind of settled into their rhythm offensively in the second half, they were able to get him involved. And I thought I, he, did, he did a nice job. I th- I did go back and rewatch uh, most of the broadcast. Um, and it was an interesting point that I do want to bring up that they mentioned how uh, he wanted to get hit. 
Uh, and he, he, like, he felt nervous. He, he wanted to get hit. He wanted to bring him back, bring himself back into it. And, uh, he certainly did. He got laid out, um, on that oh, one yeah. play that it kind of, it was kind of confusing of who was going to get the ball. Um, I don't know. I really still don't know who it was meant for. I think there um, was a little bit of a mix up there. Yeah. Yeah. Mix up there. It ended up being a, an okay play, but yeah, he got laid out. So, uh, welcome back to SEC play, John Emery. He's, yeah. he's going to be – he definitely feels that one this morning. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to be super interested to see how they, they work Noah Kane back because I, I thought Noah Kane was going to be kind of the sneaky, really interesting transfer player that really nobody was talking about. And, you know, then he doesn't play at all last night. I was I was, I was was pretty surprised by that. But I thought, look, Goodwin came out, and like you said, he had a nice run there to cap off the night. Um, you, you even – you scrap out that – uh, you know, 47 yard run. He had eight carries for, I think, 28 yards, um, which is, you know, about, you know, a little under four yards a carry. But um, they, they, they've got to get the run game going. They can't just be relying because so much of the game they were relying on Daniels and hoping that Daniels would be, uh, you know, kind of the, the full offense. And they were able to find some stuff there down the stretch with, with Goodwin. And I thought Emery had some nice plays in the second half as well. Um, but definitely want to see some more consistency out of the run game moving forward. Um, but that honestly, it brings me to my final point here offensively. And man, if you walked away from that game and you weren't impressed by the, the, the offensive line, um, I don't really know what to tell you. I mean, like, yes, they had the penalties. They had a bunch of false starts in the first half that, that comes with the natural attrition. I think of the, 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 the matchups and then the, and also kind of the, the, the new the, the the new you know line that they threw out there in week three but I thought Emory Jones and will Campbell were fantastic at left at left and right tackle um you know you had Frazier at guard you had Dellinger at guard those were two sophomores so four of your five starters were either sophomores or true freshmen um and I thought they held up extremely well you know Cody Worsham's the kind of data guy for LSU. He kind of pulls up a bunch of really cool stats from pro football focus and whatnot. And he, you know, tweeted out this morning that essentially Emory Jones and Will Campbell were the fourth and first rated tackles out of the SEC this, this, this past weekend in terms of grading, you know, they allowed, I think there was one play where Jones got beat on the right side um, in the first half. Um, but outside of that, they were pretty flawless in their protection. And I think that really helped, the offense as it moved along in this game and um you know I, we asked kelly about it afterwards but um you know he was very encouraged very impressed um by what the what the true freshman showed at tackle i think he was very impressed by the by the guard play as well um and and you know the penalties are just something they're going to have to clean up but I, I came away very encouraged by that offensive line w- what about you yeah, uh, it's funny how you mentioned the true, uh, true freshman and the sophomores, and Charles Turner is the one that, who made the most mistakes. Um, that's going to be he, – he looks fine snapping the ball, but I don't think that was ever the issue with him uh, because if he was snapping the ball, you, you would assume that they don't need to make a player learn, <laughs> learn the position, but they still felt the need to try and get Dellinger in that role. But – um, yeah, Charles Turner, just, it seems like a cadence issue. Um, just, I mean, obviously because the whole offensive line false start, three more false starts, I think, on him, uh, two or three more. Yeah, it was not the prettiest game uh, from a center standpoint, but 
I think it's a fixable issue. And uh, right now, I think that this is year five. Like they definitely look looks more solid. Uh, Want to see some more uh, holes open up in the run game, uh, but protection wise, they they looked really good in pass protection. Uh, pass prote- protection against being so young and going up against a team where 21 of the 22 players on the defensive two deep were juniors, seniors, or fifth year players. Yeah, no, I, 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 I completely agree. I thought, you know, the O-line looked really, really fantastic, especially on the tackles on the edge there. Um, they, they gave Daniels a lot of time to throw the ball just in the first half wasn't exactly clicking the way they were hoping. And so, um, you didn't really get to see the the benefits of their great pass protection in the second half because they were making so many quick decisions. But um, I thought they kept you know Mississippi State on their toes uh, really throughout that entire second half, and what led to such a a really dominant performance there in the final thirty minutes. So, um, you know, I, I think we probably sh- uh, you know we're going to touch on a little bit uh, you know of the, the 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 New Mexico game next week, but. Just another few quick thoughts. You know, LSU won the time of possession. That was another thing that we kind of were a little bit, you know, on the on the fence about heading into this game in terms of LSU wanting to control the clock and be a little bit more, uh, you know, decisive with their drives. They had some nice, really long drives there in the second half that I think really helped them. Um, you know, I thought we didn't get a chance to mention, but Jeray Jenkins, you know, I thought his touchdown there uh, in the first half really set the tone. Uh, for the second half, that was a really great catch and just kind of yards after the catch run, kind of bulldozing through, you know, a couple defenders there. Um, you know, just uh, w- really, really great play from him. Um, and, and look, I think, you know, there's a lot that you can take away from this game offensively that that, that LSU can use, uh, you know, in the next couple weeks. And um, I just want to, you know, I think the biggest thing we want to see is just continued efficiency in the run game. Um, and then you want to see, you know, Daniels, I think, continue to make some of those downfield reads a little bit quicker. And LSU's offense, I think, is going to be in really, really tip-top shape. Yep. I am uh, very encouraged by this game. Um, I still feel good about my 7-5 and five pr- like prediction. Um, but it's definitely looking like a team that could steal one of those bigger games, maybe yes. push 8-4. and four. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely, and I think a large part of that is going to be you know, the defense, and if they can stay consistent, um, I think the defense will be able to keep you in a lot of games. I think they showed that last night, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to be very interested to see how they respond uh, over the next yeah. couple weeks here. Yeah, I mean, you, Jaden Daniels definitely doesn't look like the worst quarterback in the West, um, which is good to say. I think he was the better quarterback last night, and there were Heisman talks about Will Rogers coming into the game. Like he got shut down, and his water, uh, Will Rogers wide receivers didn't help. Uh, it didn't help him out a ton, but like, yeah. And then you look over, and Anthony Richardson, who had all this hype, has my favorite stat of the year: has three more tackles than he does touchdown passes. Um, which is just a crazy stat. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I didn't even realize that. I didn't see that one yeah. out there. But uh, yeah, that's. That, I mean, that's. You know, look, LSU. You know, they they dipped into the portal for a reason. They got these guys for a reason, and it's nice to see that they're they're having some some success. You know, with 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 some of their portal hits, and that obviously starts with your starting quarterback. So, um, you know, I guess we'll move on here. We'll touch on uh, New Mexico for a little bit. Um, just really quick glance at this team. 
Um, you know, they're two and one. Um, but this is going to be a run heavy team. You know, they, they've run it 128 times over their first three games. Um, they passed it, I think, 64 times over their first three games. Um, and they, they, they disperse, you know, a lot of their carries here. You know, they have a bunch of guys that are getting involved uh, in the run game. They have a couple guys that are over 20, 20 carry range, but a lot of guys that are also in that, you know, 10, 12, 13 range as well. So I think LSU is going to have to be on their toes uh, in stopping the run game here. Um, you know, this is this is going to be a win where LSU's you know, going to be favored by a lot. This is going to be a game where LSU's favored by a lot. Um, you know, you, you should be able to handle your business in Tiger Stadium before you get back in the SEC play. Um, you know, New Mexico is coming off a win over UTEP. You know, they lost to Boise State in week two, uh, and they've also uh, got a big win over Maine to start their season. So, um, you know, I, I, I think LSU is going to probably be at least a double-digit favorite, you know, probably 14 to 20 points, somewhere in that range, I would imagine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a game that you have to, you know, I think just be disciplined at. You know, that you know it's going to be a lot like that Southern game. You want to come out and you want to start fast. You want to be able to show uh, some of the improvements that you've made, you know, offensively on, you know, on the offensive line. You want to see that group dominate. You want to see uh, LSU certainly get the ball to Kayshawn booty a little bit more um get get him involved get him back on track you want to see uh, obviously continued success for the run game and just a, just a really complete performance i think is something you really want to see out of this group um are any, any early thoughts i know i kind of sprung it on you before we, we got on here but are there any early thoughts you have on lsu in new mexico and just kind of what you want to see uh, out of the game next week yeah i think that honestly this game should look pretty much like the Southern game did. Um, you'll see Garrett Nussmeyer maybe get another shot uh, at some point because, yeah, I mean, last year, New Mexico uh, averaged 12 points a game. They uh, yeah finished 130th in uh, yards per game. I think they had just over 200 yards per game of offense. Like, it's a completely overhauled offense. I think uh, they brought a new offensive coordinator. I saw they had six returning players. So it's just, again, kind of another team that's finding its, finding its own footing. But, yeah, he- heavy, heavy run attack. Uh, so I-, I think that this should be an, an – LSU doesn't have an excuse to have this one be any, any close at all. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I think you – if there are a couple of guys that are banged up, you know, got banged up throughout this game, um, I'll be very interested. Like, for example, Jay Ward kind of hobbled off the field there at the end of that, you know, interception in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, he's told us he was fine after the game. But, you know, if you want to be extra, extra cautious, you know, I think there's there's a couple of guys that you could probably sit in this game and still feel really comfortable about, you know, walking away with a pretty comfortable win um, over New Mexico. So, I'll be interested to see if there's anything like that that pops up throughout the week. We'll certainly get a chance to talk to Brian Kelly on Monday. Um, but other than that, I think we've pretty much touched on it all. Um, you know, there were a couple, you know, big SEC games last last night, but um, you know, not nothing, nothing too earth shattering. Nothing that I think kind of blew us away. You know, I think uh, you know, was it Georgia beat the you know what out of South Carolina last night? Was that was that? Georgia that won yeah. South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Georgia. Uh, yeah, Georgia looks like the yeah. team 
<laughs> and I think they're outscoring opponents like 130 to 10 through three games. So, uh, yeah, it's looking like a little, uh, a little questionable there. They, they seem like th- the team Alabama had a bounce back win against Terry Bowden. Um, <laughs> Arkansas. Arkansas. How about Arkansas yeah, Ar- getting a scare from Bobby Petrino Ar- last night? That was yeah. Arkansas was Arkansas definitely was on the ropes. Uh, not what we expected, and Florida barely escaping uh, South Florida. Like I don't know the uh, the A and M knocked off Penn State. You know that was a a pretty tight game for a while. A and M's offense still looks pretty anemic. A and M knocked off Miami. Penn State oh, destroyed State. Auburn. Auburn yeah. looks bad. All, Auburn just looks yeah. flat out hashtag bad. And <laughs> so I think that that game has turned into what was a questionable one. I think LSU should be looking to run away with that one if all things uh, yeah. come together because they just look – any 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 problems LSU has had they have been amplified for Auburn so far. Yep, yep. I, I it's been a been a pretty crazy start to this college football season for sure. Um, but I think LSU's you know they're in they they're definitely not the worst. They're they're definitely I think firmly in the middle of the pack right now. I think they have an opportunity here over the next couple of weeks to really uh, assert themselves if they can get through New Mexico, get through Auburn. Uh, you're looking at a four and one team that that's heading into that Tennessee game, which is going to be really, really electric. So um, I'm going to be very interested to see how this team responds. Uh, I know Dylan will as well. Uh, we'll be back with you guys at the end of the week to get a more thorough look at New Mexico and also talk about what's going on throughout the week. Uh, you know, at the LSU practice facility and talking with players and with coach Kelly um, as always remember to, to, to like subscribe uh, everywhere for YouTube podcast apple spotify um do all that stuff it really helps us out so um with that um you know we'll 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 certainly uh get back to it really soon and with that i'm glenn west he's dylan sanders and we'll see you guys next time okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.